Hi, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services partner for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at more than 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that helps power their emerging markets business strategies. My name is Matthew Spivak, and I'm Frontier Strategy Group's head of Middle East and North Africa research. I'm going to be moderating the podcast today. I'm joined by Zainab Kosare Solu, who is a Middle East, North Africa, and Turkey analyst at FSG. Uh, we cover a range of pressing issues in this podcast, including how the recent suicide bombing in Istanbul impacts tourism and foreign investment, whether you, a business executive, should be worried about Turkey's financial and economic stability, and why the long-term outlook for the Turkish market remains optimistic despite all the recent gloomy headlines. Zainab, thanks for joining today. Uh, welcome. It's going to be good to chat with you. Thank you, Matt. I'm very look- much looking forward to our conversation today. Great. Let's start our discussion uh, with the topic that is uh, unfortunately but understandably on everyone's mind. Uh, January 12th, uh, a purported ISIS suicide bomber killed 10 people and injured 15 in Istanbul's tourist district of uh, Sultan Ahmad. Uh, nine of the 10 killed were German tourists. Uh, they make up the largest nationality that visited Turkey as tourists in 2015, more than 5 million people, uh, critical, obviously, for Turkey's uh, $20 billion-plus tourism industry. Uh, Zainab, does this attack signal a new wave of instability uh, that could threaten economic growth prospects for 2016? The kind of attack that we saw um, in early 2016 is uh, actually a risk that we have been monitoring at FSG for over a year now. And it is not necessarily surprising, unfortunately, and has been a risk for Turkey for some time. So in terms of how it changes the outlook for Turkey in 2016 is um, not a huge lot, but of course, a move to a downside scenario for Turkey. This attack, uh, of course, as you mentioned, uh, has a, a negative impact, uh, for example, on, on the tourism outlook uh, for uh, the country. But uh, by how much will necessarily depend on if we have more attacks um, and not necessarily just on this uh, single attack. Okay. Uh, you know, th- these tactics, suicide bombings, as you said, we've, we've been monitoring uh, the possibility of this type of attack. Uh, we've seen these types of attacks in, in Turkey in the past, in the recent past, in Ankara, uh, with the attack that killed 102 people in October, uh, the biggest attack in Turkey's history. Some political analysts uh, are, are speculating right now that these attacks are designed to really drive a wedge between the U.S. and Turkey and how they're coordinating uh, to combat uh, ISIS in Syria. Uh, will the latest violence have an impact on how Turkey engages in Syria? And the importance of this question, going back to the Stability for the Middle East region and, and what that might mean overall for business? Mm-hmm. Well, it's very important that you ask this question, Matt, because actually the reason that we saw uh, this attack occur in Istanbul was due to a change in uh, the AKP's policy towards ISIS domestically. And that was related... And the AKP being the, the ruling party in, in Turkey? Exactly. Yeah. The Justice and Development Party, the current ruling party in Turkey, what they have been um, focusing on since the elections uh, in November was to get back onto the discussions around what's going to happen in Syria. And in order for Turkey to have a more legitimate voice 
about what's going to happen in Syria, within Syria's borders, was to have a stronger stance against ISIS as well. Uh, as we remember, Turkey has been criticized quite often about its um, lack of um, or weak uh, attacks or, let's say, weak um, containment of ISIS threat within its borders. And the AKP has started to actually increase its crackdown on ISIS within Turkey. And this has resulted in the, the, the attack that we saw in Istanbul a few days ago. So um, in terms of whether this will increase instability in Turkey, um, this is a result of already increased instability within Turkey. And um, if we see... And it highlights that we could see more attacks from ISIS, um, but it also means that foreign policy-wise, Turkey will push for more say um, in the in the Syria uh, conflict and what happens there, but not necessarily against the U.S. Uh, we're likely to see continued cooperation between um, the Western powers, the coalition forces, and, and Turkey. Okay, so if this was an attack that was designed to uh, deter Turkey, it probably will have, it seems like, the opposite effect in really strengthening the resolve. Exactly. It will push uh, the AKP to increase uh, further its crackdown in, on ISIS domestically, but it will also um, give it some more ammunition to and an urgency to push for uh, a change in Syria as well. Okay. I, I want to move on uh, for a moment from political risk to Turkey's uh, economic health. Uh, definitely a pressing topic for many of the multinational companies uh, that we speak with who rely on the market within their emerging markets portfolio. Uh, a lot has been made of the vulnerability, uh, in particular, of, of Turkey's uh, currency. Uh, in, in, and with the interest rate hikes in, in the U.S., what that might mean for business this year and beyond. Uh, we've seen the Turkish lira lose about 3% of its value against the U.S. dollar uh, after the uh, quarter point hike by the federal interest rate, uh, interest rate hikes December 16th. Um, just to note, it's, uh, the lira has also lost about 2% of its value against the euro during this time period. What should we expect from the Turkish lira in 2016, uh, and what does that mean for business? Well, it's no um, secret that the Turkish lira is one of the most volatile currencies in the EMEA region, and we're going to see continued volatility in 2016, not only because of the, the political risk elements that we talked about, but also because of international financial volatility. We can see, looking at 2015, that the Turkish lira is actually more vulnerable to international financial developments rather than domestic security-related developments. Throughout 2015, and even in um, the first few um, days of 2016, the Turkish lira actually moved uh, more so when we heard of um, data coming from, from China, when we heard of data coming from the US, uh, when we saw financial um, market volatility related to oil prices, etc., versus the lira movements that we see around election periods or even terrorist attacks inside Turkey. So, Yes, we can expect continued volatility in 2016, uh, but the depreciation that we're factoring in, uh, that we're expecting in 2016, is slightly less than what we saw in 2015. In 2015, the lira depreciated by around 20 to 25 percent to the dollar, uh, but we're, we're expecting um, around uh, from the 2015 annual average rate to the 2016 annual average rate, we're expecting around 10 to 15 percent depreciation. So less so than last year, but as you can see, it's still continued uh, volatility. And is it less so than last year because 
the depreciation that will take place this year, maybe some of it has already been priced in because of expectations of the U.S. federal interest hikes uh, last year, or are there other reasons that it's maybe less of a depreciation this year? You're right. One of the most important reasons is because quite a bit of that risk related to the U.S. Federal Reserve's interest rate hike has been priced in throughout 2015. But also we're seeing um, improvements in Turkey's current account deficit as well that is helping stabilize uh, the Turkish lira, and that's largely due to uh, low oil prices. And third, we're um, seeing that despite the fact that we're seeing volatility inside Turkey, uh, because now there is a stable government in place and more predictability in policymaking that is stabilizing some of the fears uh, of financial investors and thus the impact on um, on the lira. The one thing we will be watching out for that could inc- exacerbate this volatility and depreciation is uh, the, the Turkish Central Bank and um, how independent it, its policies are in 2016, how financial investors perceive the central bank's independence and um, how the change in the central bank governor in April will be viewed by financial markets, and that will be very important to watch. Okay, good points. And I want to come back to one of your points on the oil prices. I know something that is also making a lot of headlines right now, something that's important for Turkey. Before we go to oil, though, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of threats to Turkey up until now, but plenty of opportunities for investment remain. Uh, And uh, just wanted to ask you, how much will opportunities for business factor into what you see, what FSG sees as the 2016 narrative for Turkey, uh, and where should companies be focusing their resources this year? Mm-hmm. Well, I think when we look at the, the Turkish market, there are still uh, quite a lot of opportunities for, for multinational companies, not only in terms of potential, but also in terms of what we are hearing our clients report to us as well. Despite the challenges, we're hearing most of our clients performing relatively well in, in the Turkish market. Uh, and that's, that's due to a couple of reasons. Number one is that the government um, has done a, a pretty good job in uh, reorganizing its uh, fiscal structure to make sure that it can continue to spend both on um, large infrastructure projects um, and uh, as well as um, support social spending and make sure that both consumer purchasing power is supported as well as government demand remains relatively high uh, for for private uh, companies, including multinationals. So uh, we're seeing that the government will continue to increase spending next year, part of it going to um, more social spending, but also uh, a lot of large uh, projects as well. So um, infrastructure projects, uh, new city hospitals, um, new uh, transportation uh, projects, etc., that will provide some opportunities for our clients. But second, what we need to remember is the resilience of, of the Turkish consumer. And that's a, a, a that has been proven in 2015, where we saw pretty steep currency depreciation, um, high and sticky inflation, a lot of volatility and instability. But Turkish consumer spending uh, grew um, by around four four um, percent last year, four to five percent, and we're expecting that to ease slightly in 2016, but still remain relatively um, strong um, and. Uh, definitely provide opportunities for consumer goods uh, companies in the in uh, the Turkish market granted of course some price and profitability to pressures that we um, can touch upon later um, and, and last, I want to also emphasize that investment continues to be an important trend uh, for Turkey, even when uh, quite a few Western multinationals were hesitant in investing in the Turkish market in 2015. We saw a lot of uh, Gulf investors, a lot of emerging markets companies continue to invest in Turkey and expand that B2B opportunity as well. 
Okay, touching on a topic that we talked about a moment ago and in the theme of how things could change in the market that could be uh, offer some upside opportunities, you know, generally we speak about the current drop in oil prices uh, down from about down about actually 70% if you look at it from uh, mid-2014 to uh, early January 2016. Uh, we generally look at that as a bad thing for key emerging markets uh, for the multinational companies that, that we speak with and, and where they're investing a lot of the resources. However, looking at a country like Turkey, you know, significant oil importer, um, its foreign exchange has been under pressure for many years. Uh, the, the current outlook that we have for oil, the oil market, how does that impact uh, the economic outlook for Turkey this year? And what are some of the upsides that are possible if we do see oil prices underperform maybe what expectations are even, you know, below $50 for the year, somewhere in the $20 to $30 range. What could that mean for Turkey's economy and what could that mean for opportunities? Mm -hmm. Well, oil prices are very important as a driver of, of Turkish uh, economy, especially uh, because of the effect that they have on the current account, of course. Now, uh, the, the fall has been definitely positive for Turkey uh, in the sense of helping uh, narrow down that current account deficit and, and improving Turkey's kind of that macro uh, stability. But uh, this is uh, a bit of a an ex over-exaggerated factor sometimes, especially coming from Turkish authorities, because first of all, this current account um, deficits narrowing is, if it's due to simply a fall in oil prices, it's not a structural change, and it is simply dependent on uh, oil prices potentially rising again or uh, on, on factors that Turkey cannot control. So Turkey cannot really rely on oil prices remaining low to be able to um, narrow down its current account deficit. So we shouldn't really expect uh, the fall in oil prices to hide some of the structural problems that Turkey has. And, and the number two aspect of, of falling oil prices has been that this 70% fall that you've mentioned in, in global prices hasn't really been reflected in the domestic market. We've seen a fall, of course, in, in domestic fuel prices, but not necessarily in any shape or format close to that 70%. So Turkish consumers have benefited from it, but only slightly. And um, that we don't expect any further fall in, in domestic fuel prices because of uh, fallen global prices. And, and the last thing to remember is if oil prices do fall to the range that we're talking about to 20, uh, between 20 to $30 a barrel, that's Brent we're talking about, then we can actually see some negative impacts on Turkey as well, especially uh, in terms of this investment that we expect from the Gulf companies and, and, the, and the assistance that we expect uh, from countries like Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar um, to, to come into Turkey. And some of that uh, could be derailed if oil prices are falling to those lows. And uh, Turkey definitely needs as much foreign investment as it can get in this period. Okay, so some slight positives, but some peril and some danger there if prices do remain low and average at a lower price maybe than people are even expecting for the year. Important factors to consider for the Turkish market. Another distinguishing feature about uh, the Turkish market is its long-term potential, obviously, and how important it is among EMEA emerging markets, you know, the population of 75 million people, one of the largest economies uh, in EMEA among emerging markets, uh, the country's location between uh, Europe and Asia, uh, access to CIS and also Middle East African markets, very strategic, both uh, geopolitically, but also from a business perspective. Looking beyond instability and challenges in 2016, something that we've talked about a lot already, what is FSG's outlook over the next three to five years for Turkey? 
Well, we expect a relatively moderate growth uh, for Turkey in the next three to five years, that to, to range between three to five percent. So, um, as as you can see, this is not necessarily close to the seven to eight percent range that we saw in Turkey between in, in early two thousands, and um, that's for a number of reasons, but mainly uh, due to a lack of structural reforms that we're expecting to see from uh, from the current government. Um, but we definitely see that the Turkish market will continue to provide opportunities. Opportunities for multinationals, even with these kinds of growth rates, uh, but it just requires our, our clients to adjust their presence to a slower growth environment, uh, but a more stable uh, growth environment uh, with uh, high competition, uh, as as you've mentioned, quite a lot of um, opportunities through cons- a large population, um, but also a lot of uh, local competition as well that that needs to be managed uh, for our clients. So um, we expect that moderate outlook to um, be supportive of our uh, clients' business as long as they also adjust their presence to some of the upcoming challenges. One of the things that senior executives, I think, appreciate the most is predictability in in planning and having an understanding of, um, you know, not necessarily exactly how much an economy is going to grow and then how does that translate down to opportunities in business, but, uh, you know, dealing with in the past in, in Turkey, which I know a lot of companies have dealt with, the boom and bust cycles. Um, and it sounds like what you're saying is that that might be uh, something of the past. So even though um, you know the the forecast that we have for more moderate growth, there might be more predictability. Is that a correct assumption? Yes, yes, exactly. That's a very important change of uh, economic trajectory we should emphasize. We're not expecting those booms uh, of, of 7 to 8%, but that also means that we're not expecting uh, busts either. We have in our um, event to watch uh, a financial crisis scenario for Turkey, which is at a very low likelihood, but we wanted to put it there to tell our clients that um, it is a very low likelihood and that although risks remain to a bust in Turkey, um, it is unlikely um, to Uh, become to the extent that it's unmanageable and could disrupt our clients' operations. We're definitely moving out of that boom and uh, bust cycle. The one threat that uh, that remains for Turkey is if that growth slows uh, considerably from the three to five percent that we're expecting to around one to two percent, uh, and that could be uh, a more of a sustained risk for Turkey. But we're not expecting that to happen uh, either, and that will really depend on whether the government can implement some of the structural reforms that it has to, and it seems that they are um, at least on track to planning for those reforms and and keeping Turkey's growth rate at a moderate level. So structural reforms is something that if they're not implemented uh, correctly, could lead to maybe more of a downside scenario. Could you maybe describe looking in this long term, you know, Turkey 2020, the report that you published recently, um, what is the upside of that? Is it structural reforms that would lead to an upside? What would that look like? Or is it something else that leads to an upside scenario in Turkey for the long term? Mm-hmm. I think there are two aspects to an upside scenario for Turkey. One is what Turkey uh, can control and what is in the hand of the Turkish government and how it can guide the Turkish economy. Uh, and, and the other factor is, of course, the external developments. So in terms of the internal uh, factors, we should be seeing uh, the Turkish government really implement uh, 
the key structural reforms that the country needs, them being um, education reform, judicial reform that incre uh, that increases the talent pool available for R&D and uh, high-quality production, and as well as the legal environment that allows for these kinds of investments to occur in Turkey. What we can expect the government to do is actually provide a lot of investment incentives and uh, tax incentives and creating some of the operational environment for such investments in Turkey, but not necessarily emphasize education and, and judicial reform as much as we want them to. And that's why we're not expecting that upside uh, to be a, a very high likelihood. Now, the second aspect of that upside is, of course, unfortunately not in Turkey's control. If some of its key trade partners in the Middle East, for example, Iraq, for example, Syria, Libya, if the instability in these countries could improve in the next three to five years and become more, again, export markets uh, for Turkey, then that would be a very important upside uh, scenario for Turkey, as well as improvement in the European economy. Turkey's uh, uh, exports depend highly on uh, developments in Europe, uh, and an increase in demand from there would be very important for, for Turkish exports. So um, the stability surrounding Turkey, not just within Turkey, would be a very important uh, push for a positive scenario. Okay. We have time for one more question. Uh, given FSG's current outlook for Turkey, how do you recommend executives uh, that are thinking about the market right now, that are doing their long-range planning, how do you recommend they prepare for some of the upcoming years uh, in the market? I think what we're seeing uh, our clients starting to focus on right now and what they were need they need to start to focus on is refining that turkey strategy to adjust to a, a slower high competitive highly competitive and, and high cost environment where profitability pressures will remain where there will be quite a lot of uh, demand to tap into but um, will, that will become harder and actually require more of the kind of marketing and channel investments that more advanced economies need uh, such as uh, the Western Europe portfolio that our uh, clients have. So uh, we're looking at refining the customer segmentation strategy uh, in Turkey and, and understanding that the financial aspect of, uh, of investments in Turkey in terms of potentially hedging, in terms of potentially reporting in local currency, uh, potentially selling to distributors in local currency, some of those changes in financial operations as well uh, could be important for our clients to consider. And um, looking at the prospects for local manufacturing in Turkey, um, especially in relation to the number of markets that our clients are prioritizing that are out, that are around Turkey that could also benefit from more local manufacturing in Turkey um, would be uh, very important um, exercises for our, our clients. So um, definitely a lot of refining that, that, that needs to be done for uh, Turkey strategies and making sure that our clients are remaining as competitive as possible in the upcoming uh, few years. So some challenges uh, this year and going into the future, but obviously um, some rewards there for a, a very um, complex uh, but potentially a very uh, fr fruitful market for a lot of companies across sectors. Definitely going to keep in touch about this. Uh, Zainab, thank you very much for uh, an informative discussion. Just wanted to remind everyone, in particular FSG clients, uh, you can speak with Zainab and other FSG analysts by reaching out to your client relationship director. Uh, you can also access FSG content at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast for today. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.